Welcome to Buy and Build, the podcast about buying a business and building in public. Uncover the wins and losses as we renovate our business together. Come along for the ride. Now, here are your hosts of Buy and Build, Nicholas Scalp and Daryl Lim. Oh, what's going on, Buy and Build fam? We've hit over 25 episodes and we're loving every minute of it. We love all the guests that we have on our show. It's your boy here, Daryl, and co-host Nicholas Scalf. We're really happy to have you. Today, we have an amazing guest on our show. He's the founder and maker of one of the most upvoted projects on Product Hunt. He specializes in making a one-pager website called Card. That's Card with two R's. All of this, and AJ is also the only developer. Welcome to the show, AJ. Hey, thanks for having me on. Great to have you on. So before we get into everything, before the show, I mentioned I'm a card-carrying member, so you make some amazing sites out there, lots of fun to deal with. But before we get into everything, we want to know a little bit about you. So tell us about AJ, like what does he like to do for fun? What kind of podcasts or music does does he listen to? Oh man, that's like the hardest question. <laughs> uh, I guess because over the last few years, it basically stripped away so much just to work on this thing. It's like, wow, I'm horrifyingly boring at this point. That being said, a little bit of background, I suppose I've been a developer, designer type person for oh, over a decade at this point. I really, <clears throat> I mean, I worked on a lot of smaller projects for years and about five, six years ago, I felt like I needed to do something a bit bigger. And that's what got me into working on card. And that's sort of been carrying me forward since then. We can get more into that later. But as far as like what I'm into working, I suppose, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's weird. It's, it's weirdly, it's a simple question, but at the same time, it's like, I can't really think of things I do outside of working on card other than like exercising, walking and trying to stay healthy during this time. Uh, a lot of my interests have sort of like, I don't know, kind of waned in some ways just to work on this thing, which I guess sounds kind of sad, but at the same time, it's not because I really enjoy working on this. It's actually fairly common for a lot of our guests to say kind of the same thing. Anything they do is related to their business or they listen to like business related podcasts that might help their own business. So don't, don't feel that way. But since you jumped into exercise a little bit, tell us what kind of exercise you do. Uh, Walking, running, and that's about it. I mean, that's it it's the cheapest way to go. I don't really feel inclined to go to a gym right now for a number of reasons, but yeah, you can always just go outside and run, walk or whatever. And it's a good way to kind of, especially if you're just, you know, sitting in front of a computer all day coding, it's a good way to like get out there, clear your head, mm-hmm. start, you know, sort of get a good reset so you can, you know, think of things in different ways. And a lot of, uh, a lot of solutions for things have come up from just going out walking around or running or something. So highly recommend that to anyone who's in the similar position I am. Do you have like a history of like running a lot? Like, did you ever do it competitively in high school or anything? Or was it just something you did like passively? Uh, it, it was just something I did. I mean, I got kind of got lazy a couple years ago and like, I used to run a lot more consistently and it was really like the last year or so I kind of got back into it years ago though. I was like really into it. Like just perhaps too into it. And, and I kind of paid for it because, you know, I guess I wasn't running with proper form or not good shoes or something, but yeah. So I'd stop for a while. And, you know, like a lot of other people in the last year or so, I mean, what, what else are you going to do? 
Like that's yeah. not not a whole lot to do other than you know sit in front of your computer or go outside and run around. So yeah, nice. That's cool. I think it's great to like understand and like you know, behind what everyone does besides like their business itself. Cause you know, I'm not a runner myself. I like to go to the gym and just do exercise. And I think that's why Nick and I bought that online yoga and fitness company ourselves. But like, I've heard so many great attributes about running and like how it helps people clear their mind and just understand things a little bit better. And that fresh air outside, that must be amazing. Yes. Yes. It certainly helps. Especially again, like when you're cooped up inside all day on a computer, yeah. but I mean, you know, it's not obviously not the only way to go. I mean, there are a lot of people who have like a more <clears throat> nomadic work life, I suppose. Like, I don't think it's as big of a thing for them because they get tired of where they're working today. They just work somewhere else tomorrow. Right. So it's, yeah, I, I think just the, the context change, I think is really the important thing. So as long as you do that in some form, I think you're all right. Is that something that you can do can you work anywhere or are you i i could i could but it's just it's funny how like i've always been able to do that it's just for some reason i always find myself like working better in the same like work environment that i've been in because i mean i've got i mean you can't see it but i've got like a huge ass whiteboard behind me anytime like something comes to mind i can go like scribble on there start figuring stuff out admittedly i have a pretty nice computer set up with three monitors so it's like (laughs) trying to translate that into a into a laptop experience it's been i've tried it it hasn't worked as well so i just yeah i've just concluded this is the best way for me to work nice you're in a you're in good company too there i think steve jobs is the person who like famously would take all of his meetings walking or something like that there's there's a number of like pretty high profile people who are like yeah no we're not sitting down come with me <laughs> Wait, a minute, I guess because uh, when you're actually doing the work, I mean, you really—I I guess it depends on what you're doing, but like at least coding and stuff like that, you're going to be sitting or I guess mm-hmm. standing at a desk, maybe. Which I also like. My desk is a like a convertible desk, standing, sitting. But you're going to be in standing and standing or sitting facing the same thing and like the exact same orientation for an extended period of time. So, yeah, any excuse to not to do something work-related that's not that is great. So like I mentioned it a while ago, someone was asking me, like, as far as planning goes, I do a lot of it on whiteboard and on paper, Hmm. like scribbling stuff down. And again, it's just that context change, because if I just sit in front of a computer with like a text editor open to try like write out notes, it's too close to the actual work for me, at least, uh, I don't know, that context is too close. So uh, it feels like, I don't know, it, it, I feel like I get bogged down easier, but when I do something like plan stuff out on whiteboard, I can be, I mean, it's a lot for, first of all, you can move a lot quicker or if I'm on paper, same thing. And I think just the novelty of changing that, that context in which you're planning things out or doing things, it just I don't know, unlocks different parts of your brain. I mean, I'm not, I'm no psychologist, but I mean that in my personal experience, it's really, it's been like a huge thing that's moved me forward. And like, I mean, card was completely conceived of in the early days on paper. Like I was just scribbling notes out. So I don't know what point I was getting at, but I mean, <laughs> it, it's, I guess I'm, I, what I'm saying is a little bit of change in context can have a huge impact on like on your, your work life. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Makes a ton of sense. So good. Cause that shifting... barely made sense to me, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, shifting gears a little bit, doing some research for the show, we noticed you're a bit of like a pseudo-anonymous type character, right? I'm kind of curious, is that intentional? And like, do you have any like 
strong takes on this like new wave of pseudo anonymous people? We're seeing a lot of like investors and founders from the crypto world. Well, see, I did it mostly as like just a reflex because having been on the internet since I was a kid, I was always used to having like a handle or a username or something or a nickname. Like I was on IRC a bunch when I was a kid and like, like it didn't, it was weird to use your real name on the internet. Why would you? And it's not like I was trying to hide who I was or, you know, I'm like on the lamb or anything like that. It's just, it what it's not my, my reflex. Like the internet to me is still sort of like a separate thing. So it kind of makes sense to have a separate, almost like a separate identity there. But again, like I said, I'm not, I'm not doing this intentionally. Like I, I think some people think like, oh, he's this big, you know, anonymous type person. It's like, no, I'm not at all. I mean, it's not, I mean, I've, I've been on, you know, we have investors now. I have Zoom calls with them all the time. They see my face. I talk to them and everything. It's just the, it's just, it's just my personal reflex. I haven't put a ton of thought into it. I will say the one aspect of it that maybe I put a little bit of thought into is just the fact that like I, my social media presence is very minimal, but that's for a reason. It's because look, I'm, my engagement in social media is entirely work-related. I don't really have any interest in like delivering hot takes on like current affairs or talking about what I had for lunch today or any of that type of stuff. Like, I just don't feel the need to, to share that other people do. And that's totally fine. It's just in my instance, I just never had that. Don't feel like doing it. And like, so it doesn't really make sense for me to, you know, unload my entire personality on Twitter, which quite honestly, my personality is pretty bland at this point. So even if I did, you'd barely notice. So it's not like a huge thing. But yeah, I guess that the TLDR is like, it, I don't think about it too much. It's just a reflex. And I, I think it's interesting that other people are intentionally doing this, which I, I wasn't aware of. I, I guess it makes sense in kind of the crypto space because it's sort of that, it almost hits that aesthetic of like, <laughs> uh, I don't know, like the, the whole very, very online vibe, which actually to speak to that, a, a number of our users are kind of doing the same thing as well. Not, not because of me or anything like that, but I think it's just the, the, there are people who are increasingly online to the point where they have developed entire personalities that are online only. And they are the way they engage with platforms, including card is done through that lens, which is a very interesting thing to see. I mean, I don't think it's, uncommon to be honest with you i mean if you just think about it on reddit we're kind of anonymous in a way too because we have a username and nickname that we use and it's a little bit reflecting our personality when we're on there and we don't really show our face i just think like you know like you said it's just up to that that person to decide like hey i want to t talk about this and put myself out there or or not but i mean like I think a lot of your personality goes into your your business card itself, right? Which we'll we'll go into a little bit more. But yeah. you know, you dive so hard into it that I think people can kind of understand a little bit about you just by like the product that you're building. Yeah, that <clears throat> I mean that's that's very true. I think I mean I wrote <laughs> I'm not a, a I'm not great at writing copy, but all the copy that you see on card I wrote myself. And it is the I I guess it does end up reflecting my personality for better or for worse, but also just the, just the overall vibe of the product. I think that, that comes from my personality as well. Like there's a lot of things that uh, decisions I made early on that were just purely things that I thought made them that I would like that made sense to me. I mean, like even seemingly kind of innocuous things like the fact that you can try it without signing up. And it's just because like, I would see a bunch of products launch and it would ask for like, your name, your email, 
you know, create a password, you know, maybe even give your credit card number. I'm like, no, I'm like, fuck that. I'm not going to give you shit. I, I just want to <laughs> see what this thing's like. And I remember thinking like, yeah, I'm not going to put other people through that. Like, screw that. So I was like, I'll come up with a way to structure this thing such that you can just jump in, mess with it. If you like it, cool. You can go further. And if you don't like it, uh, you don't feel like you've given me something, you know, you know, you, you've had something taken away from you, whether that's personal information or your time or whatever. So yeah, it is interesting to see that. I, I think a lot of solo developer types end up having that, that kind of effect on their products because I mean, who else is there? It's just you, right? So it's going to be an, imp you're going to leave a very strong imprint on it, you know, even if you don't think about it. Fair enough. So before we get more into cards, we know this isn't your first project. You've built HTML5 up and Pixelarity. So can you like tell us about them and what led you to building your own projects? Sure. So <clears throat> HTML5 up actually came from me having kind of gotten lazy in, I'd been doing like client work and stuff before web design, all that stuff, but I got really lazy in terms of like adopting newer technologies. The biggest being at the time, which I know today, no one even thinks about it, but responsive design, like maybe about nine years ago, I think is when I really started on HTML5 up. And that was sort of the time when responsive design was like, actually it was already a few years in at that point, but I had knew nothing about it. So I was like, well, shit, I need to learn this somehow. And I figured, well, it'd be kind of fun to learn it in public in a way. So I would learn by making templates and then posting them for free on that site. And so every single template that I created in that, you know, learning experience is on that site. So if you go all the way to the bottom, it looks extremely dated, but then you scroll up, it gets better and better. And it's just reflective of like, how my, my skills improved over time, not just in terms of responsive design, but just design in general and just you know, experimentation and things like that. Pixelarity came from, was born out of that when people wanted to actually pay me for that, like pay, pay to have support, pay to have maybe access to more stuff. And it was like, well, okay, I see, I, I guess there's a need here. And so I made a pre basically a premium service on top of that and it, and it went well. And that took me through maybe again, like 2015 ish is when it started. Like, you know, like I've been doing that for a few years. Like, all right. I kind of need something bigger and that's where card kind of came in, but to speak to why I started the, those projects. Yeah. The HTML5 update came from a need for me to learn. I thought learning in public be fun and pixelarity kind of again, in response to user demand, they wanted this. And so I made it. And it did well, so it's <laughs> it's a pretty simple formula, quite honestly. Not not a lot of thought went into it, which I think you might see. There's a uh, that's the through line for a lot of the things I do. There's not a lot of thought to it. <laughs> so, Pixelarity came from people just cold outreach to you, like, <clears throat> hey, can we pay you more to do more? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And like, well, I released a lot of the stuff under the Creative Commons license, which requires attribution. And they were like, hey, is there where I can pay you just to take this off? I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. like, and that happened a bunch of times. And I was like, I need to figure out like a more formal way to do this. So I don't have to keep like negotiating individual situations. So I was just like, well, I'll come up with something that beneficial to users, beneficial to me and keeps this thing going. And so that's, that's how it came about. Right. Gotcha. And did that turn into closer to a full-time thing or was that, you know, 
just a side project as you were working with other clients? Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it never, I mean, there's kind of a, kind of a cap on like template selling stuff. I mean, cause it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's sort of a niche thing in itself because you have to be sort of knowledgeable of HTML and CSS. And at that point, if you're that knowledgeable, you're just going to build your own thing. So it was a niche, but it was a, a good one. It did, it did actually supplement my income quite a bit. Why did client work with my a long-term business partner, Donnie? So we both worked on clients together and had this and pixelarity was going to, yeah, it, it was it, it wasn't full-time, but it was definitely like bigger than part-time, especially at its mm-hmm. peak, which I think was a few years ago. But yeah, that, that is what, I mean, between that and the client work is sort of what got me ready for something like card. Gotcha. It looks like you kind of layered on all these different projects that eventually led you to card, which is super interesting because, you know, you, everything has related to websites, you know, as I look through things again and like, look through the templates. Like I built websites myself and I, and I think this is pretty cool how you've just evolved over time through all your different projects and things are kind of coming to like the point where you're like, all right, this is what I'm trying to look for. And I think through that process of like connecting with your customers and understanding what they want and what you want, you were able to build card. Yeah. I mean, remember I said about things not having a whole lot of thought. I mean, it was the momentum of just like, I guess user feedback that kind of carried carried me to card in many ways. Cause I mean, 20, 2015 is when like I didn't immediately go from HTML5 up and pixelarity to card. What happened was I was just like kind of need something a bit more challenging, right? Like it, you, you do template design for so long or, or just client work. You kind of want to, you may have collected a bunch of skills along the way, which is exactly what happened to me. And I was like, I kind of want to put these to use, which I couldn't necessarily do if I was just making templates. So I actually had a, a decent list of ideas that were completely unrelated to web design or just like products I could build, but none of them really, none of them really grabbed me. None of them really made sense given my existing experience in web design. And I was like, well, I need something maybe a bit closer to home. And that's what kind of kept me in the, I guess the web design track, which is what led me to the idea of a site builder. And it, it, it kind of, it, so it look it almost look, it looks continuous, but for, I guess what I'm saying is like, at some point there was me, I was trying to get out of it at one point, but it, it brought me back in because that's what made the most sense. I just think it's gotcha. interesting how things have evolved so much from the beginning of like creating websites. You go back to like GeoCities and then there was Dreamweaver and then all these different things. And now you can go to buy like a template or, or like use card and just build it up then anyone can do it which is amazing right well in a way we've actually kind of come full circle because card in many ways especially among the younger younger users who use card are almost like aping this geocities angel fire eras like aesthetic using card and i just think that's hilarious because i remember as like a little kid seeing like geocities websites and thinking oh that's pretty cool but now here we are again with people doing the same thing granted the tools have gotten a lot better but it's almost like that same underlying drive to do that it's still there even among like younger generations who you know weren't weren't even around when geocities was a thing Mm -hmm. for sure so you have this like great site breaking down the full journey of card so let me get into that just a little bit what made you start card in like 2015 and kind of what were the expectations going into it 
Sure. So as I said, like it, it was initially just a, I needed a vanity project that took me out of what I was doing at the time, which was template design, theme design, client work in that same area. As I mentioned, I had a bunch of ideas that were not really things that, I mean, again, they didn't really, they didn't really jump out at me. Some of them just were terrible. It felt like the smartest thing to do at the time was stick to something that I had already had years of experience with, which was generally speaking web design, right? So I, so I, I kind of refocused my efforts on finding something in that realm. And, you know, honestly, there's not a whole lot aside from like a website builder, but you know, I can't as a solo developer build something as big as Squarespace or Wix or any of those guys. So I had to look at the problem and think, well, is there a way I can kind of cut this down to size such that, you know, one developer can handle it. That's where, so a lot of the decisions came from that. Like the one page thing is, was entirely born of convenience to me. It wasn't some like eureka moment, like, ah, one page, that's all people need. It was just like, wow, one page, I can handle that, I think. And, and at the same time, it was also backed up by previous work. So on HTML5 up, I actually did a few one page templates, which was kind of a new thing for me back then. And they were really popular. And I was like, oh, wow. So maybe people just, I don't know, maybe the idea of having one page kind of maybe that constraint helps people. Maybe that, that that's all people necessarily need for a lot of things. And so I felt pretty confident going in like, oh, maybe there would be something here. At the very least, it would stand out from all the other products on the market, which are more uh, full featured multi-page sort of things, which, which is traditional, right? That's, that's what a lot of people think when they build a website, it's like, well, I need a homepage, I need an about page, contact, all these things. Whereas the one page thing was like, Maybe you don't, maybe you like, and how many websites have you seen where it's like, they've gone that route of multiple pages and it's just like, they're about pages, one line of text. It's like, really? Like you could have just stuck that on your homepage mm -hmm. and just been done with it. <laughs> and so that was sort of like the, 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 the catalyst for this. That's what got me going on, on card. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that's how it started, I suppose. And, and it kind of just rolled from there. Let's jump into that a little bit more. Let's talk about like the actual launch. Like what did you have planned out for the launch of card and what would you change if you had to do it over again? So as far as what I had planned, it would, I wanted to make sure it was very polished for what it was because, and that was actually very easy to do because again, the scope of the product was small enough such that I didn't have to worry about polishing a ton of things. I mean, fundamentally, even today, card is a relatively simple product. Back then it was exceedingly simple. And so I knew I'd do a really good job on the few things that card did, I could do a really good job on and make sure it was a really nice product, really, really good user experience, really polished such that once it launched on product hunt and other places, it would actually get a good bit of traction, which it did. The biggest decision there was, and I alluded to earlier was making sure that and again, it, it wasn't a whole lot of thought. It was more personal for me, but like make sure people who wanted to try it didn't feel like they were trying it at a cost to themselves, right? So, and like, again, I mentioned earlier how like I, I would, so there were a lot of products that would come along that I just want to check out, but they asked for too much information or all this stuff. And I'm like, this is, this is too much. So a huge focus was making sure card didn't do those, do that and other things kind of like that. Uh, it, I guess in some ways it, it was a very non-committal product, I think is sort of my thing where it's like, look, I, I want this to, 
I want you to try it. If you feel like you like it, you can go further with it. If you don't, you can easily walk away. This is like a, you know, like an open relationship. Maybe that's not a great analogy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're allowed not, to use other site builders. It's okay. I'm yes, not going to get jealous. You, can, you know, look. look, look. AJ's personality all finally coming here. out. Yeah. <laughs> all adults here, you can, you know, if, if you want to use Wix, you can use Wix, man. That's totally fine. You can also use Card. We're all open here. But I mean, that's sort of the vibe. It's just like, I, I didn't want to trap people into it. I wanted people to, if they wanted to use it, they weren't. I guess I, I didn't want them to feel tricked into using it or forced into using it. I wanted them to truly use it so that the users I got were users who actually wanted to use this thing. But like to get into more specifics, so like feature wise, there was, you know, obviously a, a basic set of features that card would need to support around the one page thing. I knew, I can't remember, forms. Yeah, form, like I knew forms would be a big thing because, you know, it's a common use case for a one page site to have like a sign up thing. You know, someone has a newsletter or whatever. So I wanted to be able to support that. I knew it needed to work on mobile, not just the sites you built, but the actual product itself. So I designed it to like the builder in card to be responsive, which that was its own set of challenges because when you're talking about building a website responsively on mobile, which hilariously so many people do on card today, it's it's its own set of challenges. So that actually imposed a number of constraints on what you could do in card for that whole thing to work. So you can't just like place, you literally can't just place elements anywhere on the page. There has to be sort of a way to kind of make that a bit simpler so that when you go from like uh, working on a desktop to working on a phone on your site, there's some continuity there. Let's see what else. Oh, and I knew again, money wasn't like a huge thing for this. I just wanted to make sure it could pay for itself. So I ensured out of the gate, there was a pro offering, which was honestly the pricing for that was like 19 a year. It still is. I didn't put a whole lot of thought into the price. I was like 19 a year. Sounds good. All right, let's move on to the next thing. And it was, all it did was like give you access to like two or three additional features. I mean, it wasn't a whole lot. I looked at it recently. I was like, holy shit. Like it offers like for the same price today, it offers like several times what was originally offered with that plan. But yeah, so, so there were a few of those little parameters going in prior to launch that I knew had to be in there. So let's see, I think fall of 2015, I did a very, like I did a very basic MVP that a handful of people got to experience. It didn't even have a name at that point because, I mean, I'd, I'd already kind of settled on card, but I had trouble getting the card.com domain at the time because someone held it and I had trouble getting in touch with them. Even though I had card.co, I was like, I kind of needed a .com as well. So I, I was reluctant to actually stick with that name. So they got to experience this untitled project and it, it was, feedback was good. There were some things that were like, my assumptions were wrong. Like initially you would build, you'd go build, you'd click build a new site or whatever, and it would just show you a blank canvas. And as someone who, you know, does design and stuff, it, that made sense to me because I was like, oh, okay. Hey, you have a blank canvas. You can do whatever you want. To non-designers, they're like, oh God, it's a blank canvas. What the hell do I do now? Like they had no idea. There was no like, uh, there was no point of reference to them. They didn't know what to do with what they were looking at. So from that, I was like, all right, I do have to do templates, which again, it's ironic that a guy who built templates for years missed that, right? So <laughs> I ended up building a template system on top of that. That worked well for the next beta that I ran. Worked on it through Christmas of 2015, early 2016 and then March of 2016 is when I announced it to 
my Twitter users that it was still still technically like an open beta, but like they could start using it. And response was great. And then I launched on Product Hunt like a couple weeks later. And yeah, it, it just kind of took off from that point on. And it, you know that 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 momentum kind of carried the products through its next few years until 2020 when it really kind of just went into overdrive. When you when you realized you had to make templates in there, did you have a moment where you're like, oh God, it never ends? Yeah. <laughs> that, that was that was definitely a, a thing because I was like, really, I have to I have to do this again. So I actually had to sit down and make like dozens of admittedly like relatively simple templates. So it wasn't bad. And it was actually a great, it was a great experience for me because up until, you know, when you're building, I had only built like test sites with it, but there's only, you know, there's only so much you really get to experience when you're doing that. When I built templates though, it forced me to use every aspect of cards. So I was able to find areas of improvement and everything. So it, it was on top of just, you know, solving that blank canvas issue. It also fixed a whole bunch of bugs, added a bunch of features and, you know, the product was way better after that whole thing went down. Gotcha. So uh, I know we're talking a lot about, about the technical stuff, but like, can you tell us how you got traction for card itself? I know you did, you said, you mentioned you did product hunt, but how, I think a lot of developers, they can build like great products, but they struggle with getting the traction, getting the audience and actually building up their base. So like, how did you do that? Well, I mean, you know how you said earlier that it's, you saw things evolve for me, right? From like HTML5 up to Pixlarity mm -hmm. and then to card, that evolution, I mean, it, it didn't happen in a vacuum. It, like it brought an audience with it from the beginning. Mm. So the moment I started putting out templates for free on HTML5 up that were okay in the beginning, but then when I really started working at it and getting better, it got more attention. It got me more followers on Twitter. And by the time I launched card, I mean, I, I don't know how many followers I had at the time. It was, it was sizable. It was definitely not insignificant that that, I mean, that's how I got my initial pool of alpha testers, right? Like it was from Twitter. It's people I had never actually met before. It's just people I was like, hey, I'm working on this new thing. If you're kind of interested in checking it out, ping me. And so I had like, you know, a dozen or so people who were very much into the, the stuff I had made previously. And then now they were very curious as to what I was doing next. And obviously launching card, that greatly increased my audience and, and from, from that point on. But leading to that, it was because of the other projects I had done that gave me this really strong head start. So yeah, I, I think that's a, the problem is like, yeah, you do have developers who can build great products, but without the audience, it's like, you're just sort of out in limbo. Like no one knows about you. And, you know, I guess the takeaway would be, you need to do things that build you an audience. If you want that kind of quick start, like I had, because again, without Twitter and without product, let me, oh, actually, let me back up. I think, so Twitter gave me a great initial start. Product Hunt really kicked it into overdrive, but I think it's Twitter that helps sustain it after the fact. Because I think a lot of people launch on Product Hunt, they get that initial boost. You know, like they, they see like, you know, users coming in and, you know, even revenue, like they, they, you know, for the first few days, maybe even weeks, but then it kind of trails off. I think in my case, because I had already had this relatively stable audience to begin with, the product hunt thing just brought more people to it. And then it kind of had a much longer tail and that kind of just carried, it, it just carried forward from there. Gotcha. When did this go from like, 
being a side project to being like a full business in your mind? I would say probably two-ish years ago, thereabouts, which was already like, like it had already become that before then. It just took a long time for me to mentally catch up to it because I told someone recently about how it was like, it still felt like a vanity project until, you know, two, three years ago, maybe even just two years ago. And really it was last year that kind of forced me to kind of reevaluate what it really was is when like it started getting used in early, early on during the pandemic, you had a lot of people shifting to kind of an online online work, right? So they were trying to find new ways to make money and everything. Card became one of those places. And it wasn't just card. Like I, I remember hearing about how every, like all website builders, Shopify, even th those types of things were getting a boost early last year because people were kind of reevaluating how they're going to work or what they're going to work on. And they thought going online might be a way to do it. Card experienced part of that windfall as well. So that was, that was kind of a surprise. Summer of last year, with all the protests in the US, CARD really became kind of this activism tool that, again, was shocking to me. Because, you know, when I started CARD, what, what did I think it was going to be used for? I mean, just go look at the categories of templates, profile, landing page, you know, pretty mundane <laughs> stuff. You know, it, it, the thought of it being used as a way to disseminate information for activists and things like that did not even enter into the picture. And so it, yeah, I remember servers melting last summer because Kim Kardashian tweeted out a link to a CARD site. Uh, it was, and I, I told, I told the story. I was like on my phone, like I was at a friend's house at the time and I was getting pings from my servers. Like, Oh God, we're dying. We're dying. And I had to like get on my, I had to use the SSH on my phone, like SSH into the servers to try to like reconfigure them while I'm at my friend's house. I was like, why don't I just go home and do this? But I was just sitting there panicking. And then we had like a denial of service attack and all these other things I had to end up I ended up getting in touch with Cloudflare who cut us a really nice deal and like protected all our sites. And it was sort of, so it was basically like I, in the back of my mind, a few years ago, I knew this was starting to grow past just a vanity project, but it was really last year that kind of fully cemented the deal. And I think that's a, that's a problem for, it's a good problem to have, but I think it was detrimental that it took so long for me to kind of come to terms with that because there were things I should have done years ago to that would have helped with scale would have helped with just handling making the product better for that type of thing so i mean it's it's all good now it, i would just say like don't be in denial about it like just because you thought something's gonna be a vanity project the moment it yeah. starts getting traction like pay attention but obviously don't you know the opposite's true right it, you know if, if you go in thinking this thing that you built is going to become this big business right off the bat good chance it doesn't. So then you'll have this other, like the inverse of what I experienced. So yeah, I don't know what the, what the point is I was trying to make there, but don't, don't, don't screw up like I did. Maybe probably <laughs> something like that. I, I think it's just a snowball effect of everything. Cause like originally I asked you like, how did you get traction? And then you told us how Kim Kardashian like helped eventually end up in the picture. So that's yeah. a big snowball effect of everything, but which is amazing. That's, you know, that's almost like a, an influencer you didn't purposely send there, but then you got it anyways, which is cool. Right. And it was, and I, I told people, it's like, look, it's not, she didn't know. She was just linking to a card site that was just sharing information about Black Lives Matter last year. So it was, mm -hmm. it, 
I want to say it was a throwaway moment for her. I mean, the, the card aspect was a throwaway moment. It could, it could have been on any on any site builder. It could have been any. It could have been, you know, it, it could literally have just been like an Imgur image or something. It could have been anything. It happened to be us, and so what was essentially a throwaway thing for her was a kind of king making thing for us, which is weird to think about. And I, and I it's pure luck. That's all it is. Like, I I think anyone who who sits there and says, oh, you know, it's because card is awesome, which Card is nice, but I mean, it's just one of many other site builds. It could have been anyone. And I think it's important to keep that in mind so you don't piss away opportunities like that. Well, in the words of Bob Ross, there's no mistakes, only happy accidents. And that was a and happy I- accident. <laughs> that, was a, that was a very happy accident. <laughs> that was a very stressful day. <laughs> As I'm furiously trying to fix servers over SSH on my phone. I mean, just, yeah. Never again. I'm trying real hard to not dig deep into the technicals. I, I'm a developer too. So like I'm hearing this and my mind's kind of blowing up. I looked at the metrics for how many sites you have and I'm trying to keep us from going down that rabbit hole where I'm like, oh my God, how do you do that many? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I have to get too deep into it, but I can basically say, you know, early on where I said constraints, right? Constraints on the product. Mm-hmm. One constraint I made early on, I think I might have mentioned this in that making of thing is going with static sites as opposed to dynamic. So like, what a card is fundamentally is a static site generator, just like anything else that you would see. So what do you get from that? Well, a little bit more effort upfront when people make changes, but like performance for, for serving is, is mm-hmm. super fast because you're just dealing with straight up static HTML and everything else. There's no, no databases being hit, you know, no backend post-processing or anything's happening. It's just serving straight up HTML right. and that. I mean, that made things way easier for me early on because it was like conceptually very easy to wrap my head around. But also now with scale, like, yeah, it's super easy to scale this thing, even with, yeah. you know, millions and millions of people hitting sites every month. Gotcha. Okay, so you you raised this round of funding and it, it kind of seemed like you, you know, not explicitly, but like you've been this indie hacker type of character for a while now what what kind of pushed you in that direction last summer <laughs> that i mean that whole experience was just <laughs> like because you know I mean, it's not just the uh like scaling the technology side it was scaling like the company side which is a thing because you know when you have this much user content there's you know things like content moderation that has to happen there's the legal mm-hmm. aspects of things there's all just the as things increase like so do your problems and other things and i having gone into this thinking this was a vanity project and having no experience building stuff like this before, I just knew I had a huge deficit in terms of experience, in terms of just, I don't know, just maturity maybe overall for running something like this. And it was also, it wasn't just, again, card isn't just being used for entertainment value for certain people or activism or things like that. It's being used by people who now rely on it to make a living. I think when that dawned on me too, it was like this, oh shit, like I didn't intend for any of this to happen, but here it is. I feel responsible to these people to at least not be an idiot and get, you know, do a better job at this. And so it it required me to kind of like reevaluate how I was approaching card, how I thought of it and how it needed to be run from that point on. And so knowing that up until that point, I was kind of, 
I wouldn't say philosoph. I guess I was like philosophically kind of against the idea of VC because it was like, I, why take money for something if you're profitable? Why? Well, I mean, actually, why borrow money to begin with? Like, you should be able to pay your own way. You should be able to bootstrap this to success, and it should be able to sustain itself. Like, why? Why go down that route? And so, that had always been my thinking. But then, around uh, maybe fall of last year. I had investors reaching out and they've, you know, over the years they'd always reached out, but obviously after summer, I started getting a lot more. And I was like, you know what? Clearly I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I need to at least hear them out. And like, because maybe some of my preconceived notions are wrong about what this is about. It's if I'm being serious about serving our users and actually doing a good job with this thing, I at least need to hear out this potential way of doing things. And so I did. And so I spoke to a few investors and then I got the sense that maybe it wasn't quite as uh, dire as I previously thought. Uh, For one thing, like the investment environment has, I think, dramatically changed in the last 20 years where you have more, more former founders, engineers, people like that on the other side of the table, as opposed to just pure finance people. So you have people who've been been in the trenches that you're in right now. Like you, you like, like a lot of the problems that I was experiencing at the time, it's like they could relate directly because they were at one point, you know, DevOps at some company or, you know, they were founder of some company even, and, and they went through this whole process. So it got me a lot more comfortable with it, it. And it gave me kind of this, this other aspect to it, which was, I'm not just taking money when I bring in an investor. I'm actually, depending on who you bring in, of course, actually bringing in their experience, their connections and those things, which I didn't have at the time. Cause I'm not, I'm not in Silicon Valley. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, which is not exactly like a big startup hub or anything like that. So there's not a whole lot of that experience here. And on top of that, I mean, even if there was, I tend to be somewhat reclusive anyway, it's not like I reached out for help or, or anything like that. So this sort of was a quick way for me to buy into that really. And as a result of doing that funding round, yeah, you know, like we don't, we honestly don't need the money because we're profitable, but I now have access to a whole range of people who have experiences that, you know, go back decades, you know, I guess maybe another way to put it, it's like hundreds of years of experience doing whatever. So if I have any questions or I have any problems, like they are not only willing to help and have that experience, but they have literally a financial interest in my success. So they're more likely to prioritize helping me. And that's come in handy over the last 12 months, like, well, last last seven, eight months, actually, like you wouldn't believe, like, it's amazing just how having that, that having those connections can help you, especially at this stage, you know, like we have, we had a problem when we were uh, moving over to like a new PayPal account and like, which I'm sure everybody has had great experiences with PayPal kind of tongue in cheek when I say that, but like in, in this instance though, like, we were having problems with like our, our payments being pending, like, for, like, yeah, you have to wait for like a month before you can get them. I'm like, no, we, we were like, we're running on a different account before. Why can't you just move over to this new one? And it was this whole affair. And then I just contacted an investor who got us in touch with someone pretty deep in PayPal and they're like, oh yeah, we'll fix it. And then next day, everything was good, which is like, oh, I, I kind of like this. I've never had this like responsiveness <laughs> before when dealing with vendors. And you know, that's extended to, other vendors we work with and it's the to go back to some of the technical stuff like the way 
card was hosted before, despite all the static stuff, it wasn't great. So we had to migrate to eight, like entirely to AWS earlier this year because storage and all that stuff was like not great where we were before. Investors put us in touch with people like pretty deep inside AWS. I was able to talk to a bunch of engineers who kind of walked me through the whole thing, explain how things should, you know, I explained how we, we needed to set things up. They kind of gave me recommendations on how we should change things. And, you know, we got, we moved over, I think at the time, like 2 million sites within a few days, you know, with no service interruption, nothing, you know, as far as people were concerned, the only interruption was a brief like DNS change, which is like exactly what you want. That's the only problem you want when you're migrating from one, one, uh, one, uh, one platform to another. So yeah, so I guess bottom line is with the funding round, it's been a really beneficial experience to us. And it was one that only happened because I was willing to put aside and, you know, my reservations about it and just hear people out. And it turns out, you know, maybe that's true of a lot of things. I think times are changing. Like you're saying, you know, you're getting those people who are investing in your business who can actually bring value to the table and not just bring money. And I think that's exactly. a big difference because like we, we recently had Andrew Gazdecki on the show and he was, he raised around for micro acquire, but he does not need the money to raise around. He just took the money because he said, I want the friends that I have and all these people that are part of my network that I can connect with and they can bring value to the table. And that's why I'm having them on. And I think you're saying the same thing, you know, like these are the people who bring a lot of value and they believe in my product and they want it to grow. Oh, and they're going to help me along the way. So it's almost like you're not the only developer. Now you have a team of people who are going to help you do and, and go along with the goal that you're looking for. Right. That's exactly it. The, as someone else put it, it's like, you now have these people in your corner, um, which for, you know, it feels like when you're doing the solo developer thing, you're alone for a lot of it at the beginning. But then I think once you, <laughs> once you're sitting atop of something, that's a lot more. Uh, a lot bigger than you thought it would be. It's getting a lot more traction. It helps to have people in your corner as a kind of shepherd you through some of these like challenges, business, legal, you know, what have you. There's just a ton of it. And it's actually, it's great to hear that some, another developer has kind of made that decision as well, where it wasn't about the money. It was about the connections because I try to explain that to some people. I'm like, why the hell are you taking money when you don't need it? It's like, well, no, it's because I need that value as, as he said. And it, it makes perfect sense. And I, I don't want to tell people to go out and suddenly just get investors in their companies or whatever. I mean, it's very much a, it really depends on what you're building. Some people absolutely don't need it. Mm. But something like card, <clears throat> I think because of just the sheer amount of user generated content we have and things like that, it introduces a set of challenges that are kind of unique to us that require a few, you know, more than just some developer like me at the helm. Like we need more people in this to kind of figure out stuff. But it's definitely, I think, a viable choice now because of the mix of people you have on the investment side, as opposed to 20 years ago when I think it was probably, I mean, you probably had some more technologically inclined people, but certainly not internet oriented, which is, you know, a relatively recent thing, you know, let's not forget. But now you have that. You have people who've been through, you know, that initial dot-com thing and, and then past that, they're now like five, 10 years into being investors themselves. They can relate to what you're doing. And actually, you know, when you describe your problems to them, it's like, oh yeah, that reminds you of this thing. And then they know people who can help you with that. So yeah, it's, it's a very viable way to go now. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, and to your defense, Andres and Horowitz is the ones who made that, right? It didn't exist before then. They like got popular because they were the founder friendly VC and they like right. supported the founder and like helped them grow. Everyone else was like, yeah, we'll give you money. And then in a year, we're going to boot you out and get a new CEO who's a pro. <laughs> right. Because they'll, they'll look at it as investments in, you know, any other investments they made in like companies, mm -hmm. more traditional companies where I think, you know, internet startups and just startups in general are, are a different animal. And I think now you finally have people who understand that that are founder friendly, you know, like Andreessen Horowitz. So like, it's, yeah, it's been great. So we've got a really important question we have to ask you. How did you capture the hearts of the K-pop community? <sighs> <laughs> well, truthfully, I didn't like it. it it's, it's again, it's one of those things where I, I think people look at it and it's like, wow, did you deliberately go after it? It's like, no, not at all. I think they, I mean, they found us. <laughs> and I, I think what, and <clears throat> I've thought about it quite a bit over the years because this really, <clears throat> this started maybe, I think I first started seeing sites like that appear a year or two after Card launched. And I thought, oh, that's kind of fun. I didn't know people would use it in that way. And then it just, kept happening and happening at like a crazy level like just the growth of that was insane and it was like why like why why this and I, and again i think it's just like the not not to downplay card i mean I, again i think card is you know i built it. i love card i love working on it and everything i think it offers great things but i really do think it was just like you know kim kardashian tweeting out that site that just happened to be built on card i think Perhaps card has just the right combination of attributes that that, that appeal to people in that community, in, in the K-pop stand community or whatever, that brought it to this point. But it could have been anyone, I think, and it just happened to be card that they latched onto, and now it's sort of become a thing, and it exists as a sort of like as as a thing in those communities, which I think is is amazing because like <clears throat> it's not uncommon to hear people talking about their card as a, as a noun, like check out my card. And, you know, I, I still call them sites, but they call them cards. Like they've turned into a noun and it's like this, you have a whole bunch of people making YouTube tutorials for building sites like that on cards. They get thousands of views. They're tweeting about it all the time. And it, it even to this day, it still has, has quite sunk in like the, the impact it has within that little niche community on the internet. And it's, I don't know, like it, it, it has helped drive the product forward in its weird way because there's a sense of like seeing the things that they do with it that are, that I never expected. Like, and they, and they really push it to its limits. Like it blows me away, like some of the stuff they figure out how to do. And that in turn sort of uh, drives feature development on my side, because I'll see them trying to approximate doing a certain thing with what's already there. And I'm like, well, why don't I just make that a thing? And so I would. Yeah, but as far as like deliberately capturing the hearts of the K-pop community, it's like, yeah, I did not, I did not foresee any of this at all. I think it's great, but I did not, I did not uh, actively pursue it. Although K-pop is pretty catchy. I will admit that. <laughs> uh, it's, it's amazing, man. It's when you go on Twitter and you just like search just card, it's something like a third of the responses are K-pop. I like, yep. I was, 
I, I think I saw, I think I saw you maybe tweet about it or something like that. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like there's probably a little bit of traction there. That's interesting. And I was just in awe of how much it like just captured that niche. Oh yeah. And again, it, it there's a fun aspect to it where they're uh, kind of taking on that aesthetic of like websites from the nineties, maybe even early two thousands. Like, and I, I guess maybe cause card is simple enough to where you can very effectively do that. I, I enjoy it. I think it, I think it's amazing actually that so many diverse people can get value out of this thing that I initially, I won't say wrote off, but consider just you know, a little more than a vanity project with a few very specific, and I would say narrow-minded use cases, you know, like profiles, landing pages, the usual, like what you would expect for a site builder to see it being pulled into all these different areas. I know that that is, it's a very inspiring thing to me as, as the person who built it. And it is actually one of the driving forces behind me continuing to work on it. It's just seeing that range that this product apparently has and just seeing where else it can go. So, I mean, feature development now is like, I really don't have to sit around just like pontificating on what can I possibly add to this thing? It's like, no, it's right in front of me. I can just look and it's like, oh, this would obviously make sense. Let's do it. And people are not shy about suggesting things. And a lot of times those things make it into the product. So the users are really what drive this thing. And it kind of makes sense. It's a, it's a, user generated content platform. So it makes sense that the users will also generate the product in its, in its own way. So yeah, it's, it's, it's something else, man. That's amazing. Okay. So what's, what's kind of the future for card now? You, you kind of raise this round, you have like great cash flow, and you know, usually there's like the two paths where like you raise money and you, you know, aggressively hyper grow or, you know, you bootstrap and like get profitable and like iterate from there. It seems like you're kind of, you know, maybe somewhere in the middle where, where do you think you're going? How do you think you're, or how are you thinking about that? So when I actually, so, I mean, there are, there are a lot of different types of investors out there. I mean, that's the kind of the beauty of it now is that there's a lot of diversity on that side. So in our case, like I wanted to make sure we brought on people who were okay with us taking it kind of slow and not hyper grow it, you know, engaging in hyper growth, which I think would actually kill a card, honestly, because it, it's grown organically, you know, it, to this day, I've not, you know, done advertising or marketing or anything to, to get card out there. It's all word of mouth. I don't see any reason to necessarily change that. And I wanted to make sure we brought on people who were like, look, we're going to, this is a, we have a good thing here. We'll make adjustments along the way as needed, but we don't want to compromise what it is. And we want to make sure you're cool with that too. And I don't know if you can hear that mowing next door. Hold on. Yeah. Okay, that might be evil. Okay, hopefully he's gone. So I made sure I brought on people who were cool with that that vibe. Like we're not gonna we're not gonna immediately like you know as soon as we close around we're gonna just post job ads and bring in like a dozen people and start marketing and all this because that's not that's not our vibe. That's also not what made the product what it is that got them interested to begin with. What got them interested in car to even reach out to us to want to invest was the approach that we've taken to this point. And as I said, we will make adjustments along the way as needed to things, but I don't want to compromise what makes card card. So to answer your question, like the route we're taking is very much the latter, really take it slow, essentially still bootstrap. We just have a lot more money in the bank now to kind of support. And that's actually another thing to, to consider. It's like, in addition to having the 
additional people on board. God damn it, man. Come on. Do you have to mow right now? It's okay. We can barely hear him. Yeah, we yeah, can't so- really hear. It's all good. Oh, okay. Shit, no, because I like, he's like right up on the fucking window. <laughs> really? Real AJ person that comes through now. <laughs> hey, we got to leave this part in. <laughs> well, it just, it's just like, it's like you, it, they've not mowed like forever and they decide like right now as I'm trying to do the whatever. <laughs> At least they're mowing now. But in, in any event, like in addition to having people in your corner, right, for for all the reasons I mentioned, you also now have, you literally have cash in the bank, which, you know, let's, you know, can't underestimate that because that not only serves as sort of like a sense of security that you now it's like you can look at it it's like if yeah, there's money there in case let's say you do have a lean month let's say things do you know you do run into some trouble which is always a possibility you know card is not a guaranteed thing there could be you know slow months there could be you know we could start declining maybe we have to change something but now we have this buffer that can kind of carry us through it as opposed to us like panicking and just like fire sailing the business but it also allows, it gives us like uh, something that we can use if we decide like, oh, there's this huge initiative that we do want to try because we figured it out. It's going to require maybe hiring on a couple of developers or whatever. Now we don't have to just look at our, you know, our cash flow each month and everything and figure out how we can fit someone in. It's like, no, we can just go out and hire them right away and get started. So we can move a lot quicker if we want to. Mm-hmm. Not to say we're going to necessarily do that, but we do have that option now to kind of if we do identify something that's really big that we want to get into and we need more people on it, we can very rapidly jump into that as opposed to having to wait or kind of move things around or whatever. So it's like the best of both worlds. You just have to be comfortable with, well, A, giving up a chunk of your company, which is absolutely what happens, and B, making sure you've brought on the people who understand that you're going to run things this way. And I don't think it's necessarily that hard to do now because they said there's so much diversity on the investor side now, like you will find truly founder friendly investors who just want to be like supportive of the journey that you're on. They want to be part of it. And I mean, bottom line is a lot of these investors are like, they're always looking for like an interesting kind of interesting founders, interesting products and things like that. I think being us being kind of a little bit more unique than the usual, like, yeah, we want to raise a bunch of money, then hire a bunch of people and do all this stuff. Wow, he's really loud now. God. Okay. I think we're safe. <laughs> All right. But anyway, like, I have no idea what I was talking about. But bottom line is, like, it, it's invest, like, the investment has given us more options, is what I'm saying. Like, we don't, mm-hmm. we don't have to grow super fast. We could if we wanted to, but we don't have to. We're not on this treadmill. Like, but I think when people get on the, the VC thing, they think, like, and again, it will depend on the product, depend on like your, your situation. You feel like you're on a treadmill. You have to move at a certain pace and everything, but you get the right investors. You don't necessarily have to deal with that. And I feel like we've done that with the people that we've brought on. And, and just, just for a bit more clarity on that, like we don't have just one big investor. We actually have about a dozen smaller investors, which certainly helps because it gives them, it gives them some exposure, but not so much that they themselves feel super compelled to like be up in your shit all the time because, you know, which I wouldn't blame them for. I mean, if they give you like a huge amount of money and, you know, and they put a lot of their, they, you know, they invested a lot in you. Yeah. It kind of makes sense. They have an expectation out of that and they may want to be more involved. And I would, I totally understand that. So maybe I guess if I'm giving advice to people who want to go the same kind of route, having a lot of smaller investors, I think is probably the best way to go because then you get a very diverse range of opinions and, and backgrounds and, and access to people 
without them necessarily feeling like they have to be a lot more involved in your operation. Which again, like some people, I think that is a is depending on the product you're building and whatnot, you might want an investor who is more hands-on, who is more like in regular contact with you, helping you because you might, you might be in an industry that requires more specialized experience and things like that. So yeah, it makes more sense in that instance. And ours, not so much. So again, it's, it's the, the diversity of investor really can give you, uh, give you a whole bunch of different options, which is exactly what we have now. So that's actually a good, good segue into advice to giving to other people. We have a lot of people who are at the beginning of their journey they're in the middle and they're like, maybe they're struggling, even people who are doing well. What's your advice to those people who are listening right now? Like if they were going to start a business or maybe they're middle of business, like what, what kept you going or, and, and through your journey, never record a podcast while a guy's trying to move on. That's probably the first piece of advice. <laughs> like, dude, seriously. But any, anyway, like as far as, I mean, it really depends on where you are on this thing. Cause <clears throat> I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I'm a necessarily that super far along this journey. And as I mentioned earlier, like card isn't a guaranteed thing. There's always a chance it will just, this is its peak. It will decline from here and that's it. You know, it is what it is. But as far as advice for up to this point where I am, cause I still have a long way to go. Um, I think be, don't be afraid to be kind of unique about how you solve whatever it is that you're, you're, product is supposed to solve because i know it's tempting to just look at what the competition is doing and just copy what they're doing but i think at that point it's like what how do you stand out you're just you're just a copy of who you know just like if i try to just be a copy of like squarespace I'm like well then i'm just a shittier version of squarespace at that point whereas with card it was like a unique take on that problem yes it might actually it might not have it might not have legs it might have legs you never know but i mean at least you have that. And I know like your financial situation will also impact your decision on whether you do that or not. I will just say for my part, going with my own take on the problem really ended up panning out. So don't be afraid to just like really just block out the competition and just look at the problem that you're trying to solve yourself. Just look at it from your own unique perspective and just see what you can come up with. That's not necessarily what everyone else is doing and then try it. And of course, like, when I say try it, don't go get a bank loan and hire a bunch of people and like, you know, remortgage your house and try to do it that way. I'd say use the tools that are out there to, you know, get a, a very cheap, if not free MVP scrape together just to see if you can validate that idea. And if you do feel like it, it has some validation, then move from there, like take it slow. Like there's no need to like, just bet everything on something like that right out, right out of the gate because that, I mean, this. I mean, the chance of failure is very high. Card got lucky, and I think it's important to realize that when you see things like Card, it's like that's not the rule. That's oftentimes the exception. That you just happen to get lucky. I got lucky a bunch. Now I did things to maximize the opportunities I was given, and at times I didn't as well. But the it, you have to take it slowly. Take it slowly. Take, I guess put your your own spin on things and don't be afraid to experiment and if you want I me, mean, just do what I do. Don't look at your competition. Just really focus, laser focus on what you're doing right in, fr right in front of you and just see what you can come up with. And that has paid off very well for us. Perfect. It's great to hear. So we're going to close off the show and uh, we're going to let people let them know where they can find you. So if they wanted to connect with you more, how would they do that? Twitter's fine. I mean, my DMs are open all the time. So I do 
respond to those usually within a day or so at AJLKN on Twitter. And then obviously card, C-A-R-R-D dot C-O. Perfect. Uh, we'll make sure to drop the links in our podcast description. And thank you very much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Like I mentioned, I'm a member of uh, Card. I really like what you're doing there. It's really easy to use for anyone out there who's listening. Give it a try. It's You don't have to put very much info in there and you can try it just like AJ said. So uh, yeah, for all those super fans and early adopters listening to Buy and Build podcast, thank you for joining us again and we'll see you in the next one. You Thanks, can guys. find more episodes and a link to the community of Buy and Build podcast at buybuildpod.com. Remember to like, rate, and share with your friends on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Join us again next week as we continue our journey. We'll see you in the next one.